Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets focusing on the purpose. And I appreciate you all for tuning in on part four of this series that I'm currently covering entitled Target, aiming to focus on God. I do encourage you, if this is your first time joining me, to listen to parts one through three where I address some key targets that relate to the importance of focusing on God. God is our foundation, God is our source, and God is the center of our lives. So I just encourage you to go back and catch up. But everything in life is not roses and rainbows. Although life is not just filled with roses and rainbows every day, we can focus on God enough in our storms to eventually see a rainbow. And we can purposefully focus on God when we feel that we're low, like we're low in the dirt. We can even experience growth in those low places of life or those dirty places of life where a rose is produced. So we can learn valuable lessons throughout any experience of life. Every experience we go through can serve as a purpose. That's what we need to focus on the purpose God has for us. Our life has purpose. We all have a purpose in life. Your purpose might be similar to my purpose or totally different, but it's important to not compare what God has you doing for his intended purpose to somebody else's assignment. A person's purpose can change from season to season, year to year, but in the end of the purpose, it's important to honor God. And that purpose that God commanded on that person's life will glorify God. God gave each and every one of us individual purposes to fulfill. Our purpose in life is to honor God, to be determined followers of Jesus Christ in our actions, our words, and our deeds. If you are a parent, a guardian, a caregiver, a student, a relative, a sibling, spouse, educator, counselor, professional, hard worker, child, neighbor, community leader. God can use you and he does use you for his purpose. And it's a continuous purpose. You could have 15 assignments to do that fulfill your God-honoring purpose. But our aim is to focus on God and each purpose at each particular time. Sometimes you don't even know that your life had purpose in a particular season until you look back. The target purpose is to be a determined follower of Jesus Christ and within that purpose we should aim to imitate him. And by imitating Jesus we are to share the good news of Jesus with others Whether it is in a conversation, when somebody's discouraged, or when someone shares a challenge they are currently experiencing, you can share the good news of Jesus Christ by how you live your life. You can share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ through your kindness. One kind act can change the trajectory of someone's life because they realized who Jesus was to you. And if Jesus is that for you in your life, oh, I want that. So how can I access Jesus? How can I be in a relationship with Jesus? 
How can I do what you're doing for me, for somebody else? And then that creates a ripple effect, not only in that person's life, but in several people's lives. And there are some people looking for this great thing to happen in their lives. The great thing could be the routine they already have on a daily basis that appears mundane and insignificant, but what they are doing every day is touching someone in a way that is changing lives all over the world. And that impact could be positive or negative, but if it is positive and God is in it, all types of ripple effects are going on. First and foremost, as I just stated, our purpose is to follow Jesus, to be imitators of Jesus, to tell people and show people who Jesus is through our actions, our words, and our deeds. And this is so impactful, and it serves a lifelong purpose. There are some situations where people go through suffering and hard times, and our purpose within that season is to persevere and not give up. And I'm not saying that you are dismissing what's going on around you, but how you're handling it has purpose. What you're doing through the struggle has purpose. How you interact with people has purpose. And then when you are delivered from the very issue that has you down, you can use your mouth, use your voice, use your experience to share it with someone who might be going through the same thing or something similar, and you've given them something that they can hold on to, look forward to as they get through. And you hear stories like that all the time where somebody was just doing their normal routine. They come across somebody and just ask them, hey, you know, what's going on with X, Y, and Z? How you doing? Oh, you know, can I pray for you? You know, I want to give this to you. I want to give you this Bible. I want to share this encouraging word with you. You were on my heart and I feel led to do this for you. Just those kind acts really change someone's life. Somebody could have been ready to end it all. Somebody could have been ready to just give all the way up. But that person needed that. And that seed that they planted in that person's life was so strong where later on down the line, that person is now encouraging people or they could become someone or have a platform and they always make reference to this one individual who nobody knows. They know them, but nobody else knows that if this didn't happen, that person wouldn't be where they are today to do what they could do to help so many other people. You hear stories like that. It happens all of the time. So don't for one moment think that, man, my life didn't have purpose. It has purpose if you're doing the right thing or you're aiming to do the right thing on a daily basis. Because every day, I believe one person, they just don't have one role. You could have about five roles that you operate in on a daily basis. You could be a parent sibling, grandparent, co-worker, boss, neighbor, church member, friend, godparent, aunt, uncle, 
relative, cousin, and within all those capacities that a person feels individually, they can create change and they have a purpose in each role. You don't know how you're affecting someone. You could be a student. You could have a classmate that you are in class with just by you being decent to that person, kind to that person. You don't know how you change that person's life. You could be a stranger. Sat down and just talked to someone, shared a kind word, and you don't know what they did for somebody. You really don't. So don't think that, oh, man, my life didn't have purpose because you're looking for this big thing so you can get this national attention. Now, God sees what you're doing, and that's all the attention that you need because he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we go through issues, we have to keep our minds focused on the target, and that is the purpose of what we're going through. And not only is the purpose purposeful, we serve purpose when we go through it, and God has a purpose for it. Now, we might not know what the outcome will be, but we have to just go through it with a good attitude, with our eyes focused on God. And we have to check our minds because people can get caught up. Some people can get caught up with the imagination that things are supposed to go A, B, and C with no variation. And then when life does not go that way, it goes like A to K then back to B, then to L, W, then to C, and then we get to D, E, and then we have to go to P. Somebody's got all kinds of issues. They, are, they got problems. They're upset. I mean, nobody ever told me that. God never did say that everything in your life was going to be perfect. Sometimes when we go through those zigzags of life, there's purpose in that. That's why we have to focus on God and not get caught up on how things are supposed to be. I'll have purpose if it goes this way. No, God is letting you know no matter which way it goes for you, you have purpose. So it's just time to just encourage yourself and get through it. Trust God and don't get caught up thinking that your life doesn't have purpose. No, our situations will not always be ideal. They just won't. You could think that you're going to do something, life's going a certain way, and then bam, something just happens. You're like, oh my gosh, you just discombobulated. You don't know what to do. You just want to go lay out in the grass and just sit there. Think, cry. But we have to move forward and trust God when he allows us to go through things that are filled with purpose, although they don't look alike what we thought they would be. And I believe a lot of you all can agree with that. Or you're probably going through that right now. Or you've gone through it where you had this idea. I'm going to do X. I'm going to do Y. I'm going to do Z. I'm going to do A, B, and C. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be picture perfect. And then it never works. It doesn't work out. But then you realize that it didn't work out the way you wanted it, but God worked everything out for your good. And it was better than what you thought, even though at the time you didn't understand. 
And then you realize also, man, I went through something this way. Had I not gone through things this way, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I wouldn't have the impact I have now. And I could have missed out on some purpose-filled moments in people's lives had I just been so stuck and fixated on how I wanted things to be. And this happened to Naaman and Elijah's servant, Gehazi. And in 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, the 1st through the 27th verse, we read about how Naaman was a commander of an army and the servant expressed how he would be healed from his leprosy. Now, I encourage you to read 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, in the 1st through the 27th verse. But just looking at that statement I just made about Naaman being the commander of the army and his servant expressing how he could be healed from leprosy, that servant had purpose. She possibly thought, I'm just saying something, but she had purpose in her statement. Because had she not said anything, where would Naaman be right now? Well, back then, because he gone right now. But where would he have been? The servant's purpose was to tell the good news of what God could do. She shared that testimony with her boss. She saw how Naaman was a man of leadership and how he did his job well. She saw his influence, and she also saw how the leprosy played a major part in possibly his confidence and how people interacted with him. So her purpose was to share that with her boss. Now she could have been like, oh, I'm not telling him anything. He gets on my nerve. He already a man of leadership. I mean, I'm his slave, so <laughs> better go figure that stuff out in his own. No, she didn't do that. She had a purpose. She fulfilled her purpose, and she was able to share knowledge where this man didn't have knowledge regarding where he could go to receive God honoring help and what would have happened if she didn't fulfill her purpose and she didn't stay focused on the target which was helping someone in a countless way so Naaman the commander of the army took heed to this purpose-filled information and then Naaman goes to his boss and his permission was purposeful in Naaman's life see the boss had purpose because what would have happened if the boss said to Naaman, I need you here, man. You know, it's short staffed. Not a lot of people know about the equipment. Nah, you know what you're doing. You're a good leader. I mean, we don't have time for you going to go talk to people doing these little mini vacations. Nah, stay, stay at work. No, no, the boss didn't do that. The boss knew, okay, he's a good worker. I mean, I possibly... Don't want you to leave, but I know if you do leave, you'll be a better worker for me and it'll benefit your family. So the boss had purpose. So then Naaman travels to Israel with gifts and his servants. He gets there and he converses with Elijah and Elisha gives Naaman specific instructions that would benefit him and cure the very thing that caused his disease. But the instructions Elisha provided were not the instructions Naaman had set up in his mind. Remember, Naaman had imagination. He believed that the prophet would do so-and-so and 
provide these miraculous signs and wonders. And he heard about all these things God did for his people. So he thought, you know, I'm going down there to talk to the man of God. It's going down. Something dynamic is going to take place. Something great is going to happen. I'm going to be the talk of Israel. When people hear my name, they're going to be like, man, that's that boy Naaman. God came through for him in this mighty way. We heard about you, man. But the deliverance didn't come for him that way. What was in his imagination was scrambled. So that already had him feeling some kind of way. And Elisha, the prophet, he sent a messenger to him. See, the man of God didn't even address him directly. And we know that possibly upset him. If you just think about human interaction and communication, when you're going to speak to somebody and that person doesn't speak to you, they speak to somebody else around you to talk to you, that will have somebody hot because you're thinking, I'm right here, talk to me. What are you doing? Man, you're disrespectful. You can't talk to me? You know, that possibly made him upset because he was a professional. He was a man of stature. He had position. He had status. Where he was from, people knew him, and they addressed him. And for this man of God to tell a servant to address him, boy, that knocked everything around in his imagination regarding what he thought things would be like based off what he was used to. So, like I said earlier, I assume he was upset. And not only did Elisha tell the servant to give him some instructions for deliverance, he told him to go wash himself in the Jordan and then your skin will be restored and cleaned. Now, that probably sounded so absurd and disrespectful because not only is this man talking to me, this is name and thinking, not only is this man of God talking to me through somebody else, so he's talking to me, but he's not talking to me. Now he's telling me to go bathe in a river? And this man disrespectful. So we know Naaman was upset. He was angry. He walks away saying most likely where people can hear him. And I thought this man, you know, was going to do something. I thought this was a man of God. You know, I thought he was going to call on God, you know, and wave his hand over me and cure all this disease. This is what I thought he was going to do. And he could have sent me to other rivers, but he going to send me to the Jordan. Man, this is... Man. This ain't right. So he leaves in a rage. Now, let me put a pen right here and address this. How many times in your life, if you don't mind me asking, even though I can't hear your response, how many times in your life has God instructed you to do something? And he gave you clear instructions, but since it didn't go according to your imagination, your thoughts, the way you thought things would go concerning your deliverance, your success, your answer, your gift, your blessing, you get upset where you start running off at the mouth. And I mean, you're saying stuff like, I mean, at least God, you could have did this. I mean, I thought you was going to do it this way. Why would you tell me to do this? This is so backwards. This doesn't sound right. This might not be the way you meant, Lord. Maybe you need to do this. How many times have you done, or let me say, have we done that? We get upset because God had our blessing in a package we didn't expect. God had our answer in a location we never thought. 
But since it didn't happen the way and route we thought it would, we're rambling at the mouth, mumbling, saying stuff we shouldn't say, about to miss out on an opportunity, on a blessing, on a gift, on the very answer that you need because we're focused on the wrong thing and not focused on the purpose of why we sought God out from the jump. We have to stay focused on the purpose of what we are doing because the purpose fulfilled is a blessing for not only us, but for countless others. So let me get back to Naaman. Naaman was upset. He was enraged. And then his servants approached him. You know, the ones who came with him to go approach Elisha. So the servants approached Naaman. And that took some courage to do, I bet, because they already know he was upset. They saw him in a rage. But they had a purpose. And I can imagine that they addressed Naaman in a respectful tone. And they said, you know, my father, if, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? Now, that's key right there. The servant's purpose was to encourage their boss and let him know, in a sense, into the effect. Boss man, we understand that you had this idea, this imagination that when you came to speak to the man of God regarding your deliverance, and the steps you needed to take. I mean, you probably thought it was going to be this big thing, this top-notch experience, and you were ready to do that. But don't knock what he told you because of your idea of what he said and how your deliverance is going to come. I mean, boss man, I mean, we encouragingly suggest that you just go ahead and do the very thing that you think is small because either way, he is telling you something that will benefit you. I mean, just go wash and be clean. I mean, that is the purpose of why we came here. That's the purpose we should be focused on, which is your deliverance. We shouldn't be focused on the wrong target of how you think your deliverance is supposed to come. See, right there, the servants had purpose. At that particular time, they had purpose. What if they didn't purposefully take the initiative to encourage their boss? Where would Naaman be if they just continued walking with him and said, hey, he upset, just leave him alone, we're just going back. I mean, uh, leave that man alone. No. They courageously fulfilled their purpose and... Where would their lives be had they not done that? The servants had purpose at that particular time to encourage their boss to remain focused because he had a purpose to fulfill. So Naaman in his state of mind, which was, you know, we already know he was upset. He was mumbling, grumbling. And he possibly was thinking, man, how is this going to work? This makes no sense. But he did it. He dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times according to the purpose and command of the man of God. And when he kept his focus on the purpose God had for him, God delivered him from the very thing that had him bound for years. The people in Naaman's life had purpose and 
their purpose impacted Naaman. And not only did their purpose in Naaman's life impact Naaman, it impacted them in some way, shape, or form. And Naaman's purpose and the servant's purpose and the people who are in the story, this story serves its purpose and this account in history serves its purpose because it's encouraging right now for us because their actions and what they did in those purpose-filled moments serve as a testimony of encouragement for us to realize that at any moment in life, no matter what capacity we serve in, we have purpose. We could say something and that was purpose-filled in someone's life. And we didn't even realize how purpose-filled it was. We just saying something, but we don't know the impact it's really having. Some people, as I stated earlier, they're looking for a great big thing to happen. And they are looking for this great thing, thinking that when that great thing takes off and this great thing happens, man, my life has purpose now. And the great thing that you're looking for, or what somebody's looking for, could be to encourage someone who no one even knows. Or help somebody who people treat as insignificant. Your purpose tomorrow could be to tie somebody's shoe. Sharing an umbrella with someone. Sharing a kind word with someone. Helping somebody fill something out at the post office. Your purpose could be to share a kind word in the next five minutes. To be a God-honoring friend. To be a great relative. A caring relative. A concerned relative. Your purpose could be to be a listening ear. A respectful spouse. Your purpose could be to send a thought-filled, genuine, God-honoring text to somebody. Telling someone what they mean to you. Dropping off someone's favorite meal. Giving somebody a helpful tip. Helping somebody out with their children or their loved one. Sending a gift card. Waving at somebody. Offering somebody a pencil or a pen. Holding the door open for somebody. Your purpose could be you see a child running in the street away from their mama or their daddy because they playing and you stop traffic. And it's just in the neighborhood. It's not on the freeway. But that's, that's deep. That's big. Your purpose could be to return somebody's dog to them. I mean, those are big things. Those are great things that I just named. But if somebody's focus is on themselves... And their imagination, apart from what God would have them to do, they're looking for status is what they're really looking for. They're looking for praise. They're looking for a round of applause. And that's the wrong thing. You have purpose every day. If you're aiming to focus on God and you're aiming to live a God-honoring life, everything you do with people has a purpose. You shouldn't be sitting in the back corner of a room waiting for your purpose. Leaving your house has purpose because of the people you might interact with or the reason you're leaving. You could be going to do something for someone who can't do something for themselves. That's purpose. Your purpose could be to get up and walk out of a restaurant where somebody's looking at you because they already knew 
that the food didn't look right and the place didn't look right. So your purpose could have been like, "Mm -mm, I'm leaving. And somebody else looked at you like, you know what, I'm leaving too. You, You had purpose just right there. You had purpose when you took that class or that year you entered school. You had purpose. You had purpose when you took that job and you worked in that department. There was purpose. Although you don't know the intricacies of the purpose-filled moments when you interacted and exchanged things with people, whether it be a smile, a kind word, a conversation. But if they were to come back and tell you, hey, you know, 18, 20 years ago when I conversed with you or five years ago or two years ago when I conversed with you, you don't realize what you did for me. You said this and it really changed me and my family. And you looking like, I said that. <laughs> when, when did I say that? Really? I did that for you? Mm. Well, to God be the glory, you know? That kind of stuff, it happens. Whatever you're led to do. And if God is in it and God led you to do it, it had purpose. What you do has purpose. People might not ever know what you've done for someone or how you've impacted other people. But the people you've impacted, they know. And they can either tell you or even if they don't tell you. That purpose-filled act that you performed and you were obedient and fulfilling possibly, and it did, serve as a catalyst for the ripple effect that's taken place in several people's lives. By naming Stan focused on the purpose, he was able to declare and share the good news of God to countless people when he traveled back to his hometown. Naaman was able to tell people how he focused on the purpose when he engaged in his relationships, his co-workers, his boss, his family, They were able to see, oh my goodness, you had this, but you stayed focused on the purpose and plan God had for your life, even though it was issues associated with it. And look where you are now, man, this change is evident. And that's how it is with us. When we stay focused on God, we will be able to declare and share the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives to countless people in every capacity we serve and in each relationship connection we are in. People will witness what we went through and the impact of focusing on God and how it touches so many people directly and indirectly. Now, when you read the rest of the story, which is found in 2 Kings, the entire fifth chapter, you will see the consequences of someone who didn't focus on God's purpose and picked up his own purpose, and that was Gehazi. He was Elisha's servant, the man of God. And Elisha's servant, Gehazi, he focused on fulfilling his own opportunity, his own purpose. And he was chasing after the wrong things, focusing on the wrong purposes set before him. And when you read that chapter, you will clearly see how focusing on the wrong purposes produce an outcome that one really doesn't want to deal with. But a scripture I would like to leave you with is 2 Kings, the 15th chapter, and the 13th through the 14th verse, which reads, But his servants approached and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, 
would you not have done it? How much more should you do it when he only tells you, wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, according to the command of the man of God. Then his skin was restored and became like the skin of a small boy, and he was clean. And I selected this scripture to encourage you to stay focused on the current purpose God has for you to fulfill. Don't measure what your purpose is against someone else's purpose. Don't compare how someone else is getting recognition and applause from others for their purpose, and you aren't. Your goal is to finish your purpose. Don't get caught up thinking that your purpose is small compared to someone else's. It's our limited knowledge and understanding compared to God's where we can't determine what is really big or small and the impact it really has. You have purpose every day. There is purpose in what you do, especially when you are doing it for God. And you could be minding your business, not thinking that an exchange you have with someone that lasted for five seconds wasn't impactful. Now, to you, it probably wasn't. But when someone interacted with you just for those five seconds that you shared with them, and it was a kind word, a smile, and you respected them, you helped them out. That changed the trajectory of their life, not only in their purpose, but in their relationship and quest to seek Christ in a greater way because they saw how you interacted with them. That moment had purpose. You could have warned someone of something and that warning you provided, they never looked at the situation through that lens of wisdom. And you shared that with them and that warning you provided was purposeful and you had purpose. So now they're making better decisions and they're not going down a road that God didn't even want them to go on. But when they cross paths with you, you help them. And they could look back and say to you, oh my goodness, that day you talked to me 20 years ago, boy, you, you really helped me. You have purpose. God sees you. And not only does God see you, the people you've impacted in a special way, they see you too. And you'd be surprised how many lives or the depth you've influenced someone in a God-honoring way that they'll never forget and they'll always cherish. And you can think about what Jesus said in Mark, the fourth chapter in the 30 through the 32nd verse. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Now the mustard seed is small, but when it grows, it becomes the largest of all garden plants. And I wanted to point that out to you because somebody might feel that they're doing these small things, but the small thing you're doing, it might be small to you but it could be the largest thing happening for someone because the seed of purpose that you fulfilled in your God-honoring action and you obeyed God when you did it is now a harvest of greatness in somebody's life. That one thing that you think is so small is so great now because it can be seen in others. It stands out 
People benefit from it. People are blessed by it. So don't get caught up in what you think is mundane, what you think is boring, what you think is small. When you are doing what you know to do, and that is honor God in your actions, your words, your deeds, your behaviors, your lifestyle, and your relationships with him as well as others, you have purpose on a daily basis. Remember that. Be encouraged and stay focused. Thank you all for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the Target Aiming to Focus on God devotional on the site. You can order inspirational apparel and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. I do have a few Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app that you can check out. But for those who want to use the Bible plans as an individual or group Bible study, you can download those Bible plans from my website. Enjoy the remainder of your day. Peace and God bless.